Ludwig Sinitz, the founder of our company, left us with a mission. To focus on people, their learning and growing. In the Mindtastic podcast, we want to explore what learning and growing means at TGW Logistics Group. And since we believe that everyone is naturally curious and wants to learn from others, we are here to support that journey. The show is hosted by Tina, your average, curious, passionate TGW employee. That's me. Hi, everyone. Listen to the trailer if you're new to the show and want to know what to expect. Or join Tina on her journey of lifelong learning, because curiosity never stops. And neither do we. Willkommen all over the Sogis, ihr Schändernis, Mindtastic Podcast Vatches. Und ich bin Sebastian und freue mich heute hier dabei zu sein. Wow, thank you, August and Sebastian. In case you didn't understand, my guests August and Sebastian just said hi in Lithuanian and German. But maybe tell us a bit more about yourselves in English, please. Yeah, so uh, my name's August. I am from TGW Lithuania. That's a branch of TGW in the country of Lithuania. I've been with TGW for about two years, a little bit less than two years. And so far, I'm loving it. My hobbies include dirt bike racing, uh, metal detecting, traveling, PC gaming, and muscle cars. And I'm Sebastian. I'm 26 years old from TGW Mechanics. And I'm with TGW for not quite four years now. My hobbies are traveling, computer games, and being in the nature. So pretty much everything you can do while working abroad. Ooh, cool. You mentioned working abroad. We're going to talk about that more today too. But maybe start with, you work as commissioning engineer controls. That sounds super complicated. What is that about? So basically, we start at the beginning of a project. We start to prepare the software, then go into the emulation state where we put the software to a digital test. And most time we then spend uh, on site to bring life into the hardware where we put the software into the real test and try to get the system running for the customer. What kind of software? What kind of hardware are we talking? Um, we're talking about the PLC software. Mm -hmm. So to get everything configured that, uh, for example, a carton is moving from one end of the conveyor to the other end. Mm -hmm. So you are the guys who are enabling things to go from one place to another place in a warehouse. Would you say that's correct? Exactly. Uh, August, anything you'd like to add about what it, what commissioning engineer controls is about? Yeah, it's about, as Sebastian said, we're working in the intro logistics department. So we're basically the guys who make machines transport, for example, totes from point A to point B or to a specific destination using programmable logical controllers. They're like considered brains of the whole system that control everything. And we are preparing that software that does exactly what the customer wants it to do. Wow, perfect explanation. I get it. And I'm not into the technical stuff so much. So um, interesting. So I'm a person who, before I joined TGW, didn't have a lot of connections with intralogistics and the terms and the technical details. 
your profession is very technical, so it may not be so easy to understand. The way you explained it just now was super easy for me to understand. Is that also how you explain it to friends or, say, strangers at the party? Well, no. When I'm asked in private, most of the time I just go and show a video of our product because it's easier to visualize what our um, product can do than to explain it. I usually try to explain it as the simplest way possible. It's like you have robots, machines that move totes and they have goodies inside of them. They'll make life easier for the people that are working on site. And yeah, as Sebastian said, I, uh, I do have some videos that I show them so they can get a basic understanding what's happening, what's going on. But after all, you explain all of that to them, they still don't understand like maybe 50% of it. Yeah, but I think that's true for most jobs that you have a very um, shallow understanding even if you think you got it at some point because there's always way more to it, right? Mm, tell me more about it. What are your main responsibilities? So our main responsibilities is basically starting commissioning works, starting with the hardware stuff before we uh, start testing the system. So we have a checklist, basically, that we have to like fill up. And we have to check every sensor on the system that it's aligned properly. We do have scanners. We do have other bits of hardware that we have to make sure is working properly. We have to make sure that everything is set up and ready for testing, that everything is according to documentation and standards that we're using. And once we got all that set up, we usually start testing the system and see how it handles, how it performs and doing tweaks on site. So once we arrive on site, we combine the mechanical, electrical and software parts together to bring life into the system. Yeah. And basically when we're finishing off with testing, we see, we check if everything's okay before we leave site. And it's ready to be handed over to the customer, basically. The checklist made me think, it sounds like a lot of paperwork too. It definitely is a lot of paperwork. So almost every other day you get a notification from somebody. Did you update the checklist? Have you checked the checklist in the last couple of days? <laughs> so it is a lot of paperwork. So a lot of documentation too. Yeah, you're reading a lot of documentation and you're filling up a lot of documentation, which is honestly good because you keep track of everything you're doing so you don't miss anything. And as one of the main responsibilities as commissioning engineers, we cannot miss anything. It's just a really precise job, basically. We have to sort out everything so that nothing that's left, like bugs are left on site. Then how do you know you have finished with commissioning? Basically, once all the checklists are filled out and the, most of the time we have some test protocols, depending on the customer and which product it is, if it is a conveyor system, shuttle system, whatever, we have different test sheets to fill out at the end of commissioning phase. And once those tests have passed and the customer signed it off, that's pretty much when our job is done. Sometimes we have customers which also um, buy special training from us from our side and 
that can be a part of our job after the tests have been done. That was a perfect answer, it seems, because August is giving him thumbs up. Yeah, Sebastian, I think uh, you pretty much explained everything that we're doing. We're basically the guys who are the last ones to leave site because we're the guys who basically are going to sign off when the project's done and completed. And if everything, anything goes wrong, it's on us. Yeah, that's why you said you shouldn't miss anything and be really precise and check out everything, right? Yeah, exactly, because... Usually, like, the projects that we're working on, they're, like, all around the world, like, in the United States, Australia, Japan. So it's a really long trip to these continents, basically. From what I've understood so far, your job requires not only a good practical understanding in mechatronics and software engineering, but also excellent problem-solving skills, I imagine. Would that be correct? And maybe tell me a bit more what other skills and abilities you need. Yes, as you said, it does require like troubleshooting abilities. You have to, like, if you have a problem, you have to take it one step at a time, like go down the ladder and troubleshoot it because... If you have a problem, usually there are so many ways that could cause this problem and you just have to use like logical thinking, what could be the case of it. Is it a software problem? Is it a hardware problem? And you get this with experience basically. So yeah. Yeah, that's what I wanted to add to that. Like, how do you become good at commissioning engineering? So when you're starting as a commissioning engineer, you have no experience basically, which is okay. But you have colleagues that support you on site, basically. So when you start up, no, you are working with someone that is experienced and they teach you the basics. You start working by yourself. If you, if you don't know something, you go and ask them, basically. And you get this experience by traveling, going on sites and gaining that knowledge. And then you are becoming a solid commissioning engineer. Yes, the teamwork in our company is really awesome. So whenever you encounter a new issue on site, even if you're already in the company for a couple of years, um, there's always somebody you can reach out for and uh, ask the question, hey, I've got that, this and that problem. Have you ever encountered it? And I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, somebody can help you because they encountered the same issue. And we are always working together, always working in a team. And no matter where you are on the uh, on the planet, you always can uh, find somebody in the same or similar time zone that you are right now. It's amazing to have such a support system, I imagine. What else makes your job easy? What makes it hard, maybe? What makes it hard? Well, sometimes, like, when you're encountering, like, the same problem over and over again, you know, And to some people, it's a little bit frustrating because, you know, it's all the same over and over and you have to fix it all the time. But for me personally, I don't see it as a hard job. I like, I like this job. I like and enjoy working like this. It's not rocket science. If you don't have the knowledge, we'll teach you. It's just like you got to be a team player, basically. And you can reach out, as Sebastian said, to anyone. If you have some problems that you encounter, everyone out there will help you. You can reach them in different time zones, as he said. Yeah, that's 
what makes our life pretty easy. But on the other hand, there are also some points which makes our life on site a little bit more difficult sometimes. Best example, in my opinion, is uh, the communication barrier, because in some countries, English doesn't help you that much. And if you're in a country where people don't really speak English, it can be quite difficult to explain to the customer's team what exactly you have done in com installation, in uh, commissioning phase, and what they need to be aware of while handling the system. If they don't speak English, we most of the time get a translation guy, but those are not technicians. So it's really complicated to explain to them what they have to explain to customer's team without using any technical words or phrases. So that's the most difficult part of our job, in my opinion. But yeah, to come back to what makes our life easy on board, on site, it's the great teamwork, the solidarity, the unity and just the time we spend together because also if we are on off work on the weekends for example we spend lots of time together go abroad um, go on excursions visit the country get to know the local people the culture the nature there so also spending time together makes our life really easy that sounds so nice and fantastic to have somebody to spend time with while on site and to learn new things, discover new cultures uh, while working abroad. It is really lovely, yeah. I enjoy it and it's the main reason why I decided to, to work in this job, to, to get to know new cultures, new people, new places and see the, uh, the world. Yeah, I mean, when you're uh, spending so much time abroad, you know, for example, like I did in the United States, I've been staying there for almost a year. And basically, I was coming back to Europe every three months. And when you spend so much time with the people that you work with, you know, you also travel with those people. And those people not only still remain your colleagues, they become your friends, basically, because you're spending so much time with them. And you're basically working a 10-4 schedule and you get four days off and you travel, for example, as as much as I did, travel to different states with them. Every 10 days, we ended up in a different place, just enjoying ourselves after work and having fun. It's one of those perks of the job. Sebastian, you've been to Japan recently, right? Yes, I just came home two days ago from Japan. How was Japan? Interesting. So, as stated before, in some countries it's difficult with the communication barriers. Japan is definitely one of those countries. There are not that many people who speak uh, English. But besides that, it's a lovely country. It's, it has some beautiful spots. It has a fascinating uh, nature. And the culture is mesmerizing. Wow. I'm getting a little bit jealous here that you're seeing Australia and Japan and I assume a few other countries. How many countries have you visited so far for work? I think I've been in eight countries and in yeah, quite some of the states. Of the United States? Yes. How about you, August? So currently I'm in Australia. I'm in Melbourne uh, doing commissioning work on a big project here. And yeah, I've been staying here 
for almost one month now. And I still got a lot of work to do. But I've seen a lot of the states because we had the schedule, as I said, we're working 10 days and we had four days off. And I was able to see, I think, 11 states as of now, just by working in the United States. Wow. And every day is, it was fun. I liked it. And I'm hoping I'm going to be back there real soon. (laughs) But regarding the countries that I visited, uh, I think it's going to be only a few countries in Europe because when I started working, uh, I was told I'm going to go to the United States. And then I had an offer to go and work there for almost a year. And that's why I only visited like three countries in Europe. Um. See, August, when I met you the first time, I immediately was like, wow, you sound so American, right? And I guess that's because you spent so much time there. I was told when I was in Australia, like when I arrived, everyone that I met, like the people that are doing the installation for our system, they thought I was from the United States for some reason. And then word got out and now everyone was thinking that here. But... I am, I'm not, I'm from Lithuania and the U.S. colleagues, they said I still have an accent, but it will probably disappear if I spend more time out there, maybe. So apart from probably a lot of travel souvenirs, how else would I recognize a commissioning engineer? How do you spot a colleague? Is there a giveaway, like a typical tool? Okay, so in my opinion, one of the Typical tools that we use is a 30mm uh, pipette wrench. That's one of the indicators that uh, it's one of our colleagues, either in commissioning or a mechanical installation guy. How does a pipette wrench, that's what you said, right? How does that look? Yes. Uh, it's formed like an L with a hole on the end, both ends. And you use it to um, open nuts and bolts. So it's quite, it's used quite a lot in our system for almost every part. We try to standardize on that tool. That's a good symbol for the way how you also have a very practical job where you just open and close things and uh, use screws and I don't know what, right? I love that. So pipette wrench is a giveaway for commissioning engineers. I'll pay attention to that now. Okay, this has been fun. Is there anything else we should know about your job? Speak now or be silent forever. Um, yeah, in my opinion, it's a lovely job, but it's definitely one of those jobs where you either love them or you hate them because spending time abroad or so much time abroad and spending that much time with colleagues and people you, at least in the beginning, don't really know is not for everybody, but... If you enjoy those things, it's a lovely job and it's an awesome experience. So in my opinion, if you like those things, I can just recommend it. And even if it might be hard in the beginning from what you shared, I think you're making it super easy because it seems like everybody's very open. You help each other out, you support each other. You help each other adapt to the new country. So if you like traveling and if you're into mechatronics and software and testing and, of course, a lot of paperwork, then it seems like that could be a good job, right? 
And you have to be a nerd. If you like a good, friendly team atmosphere, you like computer and electrical engineering stuff, I would say this is a perfect job for you. And you'll be able to see the world at the same time. A lot of it. Okay, I'm going to give you a little summary from what I've learned today. And then you tell me if these are the right takeaways that I'm having. So I think commissioning engineering is super technical, super uh, into software, super into details, which I find fascinating that you have to be super organized, follow checklists, pay attention to the details and make sure that everything in the end is really running because then you have to hand it over. Then there's also this part where you have a little bit of training to your job when you train a customer maybe on site. Hey, this is how the system works. This is what we did. This is how you maintain it from now on. Um, so I'm thinking there's a lot of variety to your job, which even more because you travel a lot and see a lot of new countries, different sites, different impressions from very different natures, like in Australia, Japan. Like I can see how that would be too, super different from the way you experience it. So as a very curious person, I think I would love your job, especially for the traveling part. Uh, I hope others are inspired now to become commissioning engineers too, because it seems like a very cool job to me. Before I let you go back to your checklists and your work on site, <laughs> let's do a final round of quick questions. Ready? We're ready. Yes. Born ready, the two of you, I assume. So most used words, sentences in your profession. Give us one, two, three examples. Uh, yeah. For example, have you updated the checklists? You got a 30 <laughs> mil pipe right here in front of you? <laughs> Or the most important question on every day on site, what's for lunch today? Okay, on my side would be, I think, why is it not running? What's wrong with it? <laughs> This is not rocket science. <laughs> It's just a tote that has to move. You get the idea, probably. I love that. Yeah, we get the idea, I think, <laughs> which nicely relates back to problem solving and figuring out if something doesn't work, why it doesn't work. You're absolutely right. Um, finish this sentence for me. I usually start my day with... I usually start my day with a tasty breakfast because I need my energy because I'm going to need it on site to do a good and proper job. What about you, Sebastian? I usually start my day also with breakfast and then on site with planning out the day and summarize what we have to do and get some structure and organization in. Yep, sounds very organized. Nice. Okay, my duty is summarized in a book or a movie title. Mm, the Matrix. Because when I'm doing an emulation of a project, I gotta dive into the... As I put it, the wonderful world of bits and bytes. Uh, maybe Alice in Wonderland, because sometimes <laughs> there are things you don't really think are possible, but nevertheless, they happen. And a lot of surprises on the way. Exactly. I can tell August is super impressed with your answer. Cut, cut. Yes, I am impressed with your answer, Sebastian. That was a good one. Good call. <laughs> okay. So... All good things come to an end. Are there any famous last words for saying goodbye to our listeners? 
Yes, we do have final words. I would say the teamwork makes the dream work. Ooh. That's a perfect last statement. And also, if the listeners think this is a job for them, please don't hesitate and join us. We are always happy to have new colleagues on our side. Yeah, I perfectly agree with you, Sebastian. We need people like this. It was lovely having you. Thank you for sharing so much information about your job, for giving us a real feeling of what it's like to be in your shoes at work every day. I really enjoyed it. Hope to see you soon. Thank you for having us on the podcast. It was a lovely time. And that's it. That's a wrap. This podcast is produced by Mantastic. As the Global Learning and Development Department at TGW Logistics Group, we care about making learning an experience. If you found this episode valuable, share it with colleagues and friends and give us a review. We'd love to hear feedback. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on further episodes. To connect with us, drop us a message at mindtastic at tgw-group.com. You can also check out our show notes for more information. Tina, any last words? Until next time, keep learning and growing.